Hello, everyone. Welcome back. This is Damon Kiritin, Senior Journalist for XR today, and we're joining you for the latest and greatest for the VR, AR, and XR industry. Today, we have on, yet again, as always, another special guest. We have on Elizabeth Hyman, President and Chief Executive of the XR Association. So thank you so much. Um, Liz, I guess you want me to call you Liz for this one. <laughs> That'll work. That'll work. Hi, Damon. Okay. It's great to see you. Thank you for having no. me. Uh, thanks so much. And yeah, we, as always, we appreciate your time, your insights and everything for this um, nice podcast we're about to have. So um, can you tell us a little bit about yourself, what you do with the XRA and um, your role? Yeah, absolutely. Well, I'm coming up on my third anniversary. Actually, I, I may have just hit it uh, in terms of being the, the head of the XR Association. And uh, my background is uh, someone who has been sort of at the intersection of public policy um, and technology and business. And uh, I've worked at other industry trade associations, and it prepared me well, I think, for this exciting space um, because we're really focused on that responsible development of XR and, and at the very beginning days. And so um, I love the fact that we can work on you know, trying to create best practices, trying to uh, really reach out and educate policymakers uh, and others in the field so that they understand what the technology is about. And uh, of course, um, just be a real cheerleader and booster for what I believe is going to be the next computing platform. So it's been just a joy to be on board and working with our member companies uh, to, to get all of that done through community leadership and advocacy. Absolutely. And I know it's going to be a Herculean effort to um, organize everything, which will actually touch in, you know, in a few questions. So I'll have to um, pick your brain about that. But for the first one, what I'd like for us to talk about is um, recently you had a call to action at the AWE 2022. So that's the Augmented World Expo. And you uh, gave the audience quite a very impressive, um, you know, I guess if you want to call it keynote speech or like a very, you know, good address about some of the things you wanted or expected from the XR industry. Could you tell us a little bit about that and why you specifically chose the AWE to reveal that news? Yeah, well, first of all, thank you. Um, it was such an honor to get to deliver that uh, main stage presentation. And it's important because the people in the audience are, you know, they're business develop developers um, and executives and engineers and even end users that are looking to this industry to create that technological platform for innovation and for, uh, you know, lots to thrive in the economy, et cetera. But I wanted to make sure that as we're still in the early days of our development of this technology, uh, that everybody has their eye on a few things. One is how do we collectively work together to identify and address some of the challenges that our industry will present, whether it's topics around privacy, um, interoperability, uh, other, other sort of challenging conversations that need to take place. Uh, and that as we're designing these experiences, we should be thinking about these things right now, not as an afterthought. So that was one thing that I really wanted to get across. And two, that it's going to take a, a, a significant amount of collaboration. And I wanted to give a call out to all of the groups that are working on these types of conversations and, and efforts. 
And then thirdly, and this is where the specific call to action came into, into being here, I mentioned that I've always sat at the intersection of public policy, technology, um, and business. And we know that there are members of Congress or in the uh, European Commission or whatever that, um, that legislative body might be or the government regulatory agency might be, they're already thinking about this technology, but they don't necessarily know a lot about it. And what happens is you can have a situation where if they don't know a lot about it, regulatory efforts can be uh, more of a blunt instrument. And so we, what we wanna make sure is that when we think about regulation, that it benefits everybody, that it updates appropriately, but it is, recognizing the importance of innovation and creativity and all the things that go into creating this new computing platform. So the call to action was, uh, there's something in the United States Congress called the Reality Caucus. And the caucus typically brings people in Congress together of shared interest to learn and to uh, really have concrete discussions. But they're also our champions for our industry. And we pointed out that there aren't very many of them. So the call to action was to ask this audience to ask their members of Congress to join the Reality Caucus so that we can all sort of learn together uh, and uh, achieve a really positive environment for the growth of this industry in a way that it is safe, respectful, inclusive for all people who want to partake of it. Absolutely. And it's that collaborative effort that's going to make, you know, the industry flourish, yeah. you know, across all spectrum. So, you know, on a legislative or on a um, technological level, all of those things will be absolutely key to building those ecosystems for the future. Yeah. Yeah. And um, yeah, that goes. Uh, yeah, Sorry. sure. Can I add one other thing? We're still asking people to, to go ahead and ask their member of Congress. So if you go to our website, XRA.org, you can find the link. Uh, to do a letter to your member of Congress. So go uh, ahead and okay. do it. Yep. Cool, yeah, I'll, I'll include a link in that and for the um, for the interview. That's a very good point to point out. Thanks. Thank yeah, um, so we had, you know, the next thing I wanted to touch on. So there was a massive, you know, announcement that you made uh, not too long ago, and you were talking about how you onboarded 10 new members for the XR ecosystem, yeah. along with um, three huge companies, you know, in the XR space, which were Qualcomm, who's making Snapdragon Spaces, Accenture, they onboarded about 60,000 headsets for their, um, for their hiring processes. And then Unity Technologies, which of course, they make a lot of the different platforms for people to engage and to create content. So with this development, which is absolutely huge, this, industry, this is in an industry setting development. What does this signal to you about the ongoing developments in the global XR community and industry? That's a great question. So I think, you know, when we first started, uh, the majority of our membership were hardware manufacturers, and uh, they got together themselves to create this organization because they understood, as I just talked about vis-a-vis -vis the AWE, AWE event, you know, there, there are shared um, opportunities and challenges for this technology, and we need to come together and collaborate. But we also know it's not just about hardware manufacturers. It has to be about the platform. It has to be about the components and the peripherals and the infrastructure. And so we really set out as an organization to try to encourage these companies to come join. But I think what you're seeing is that 
you know, people are getting excited about the potential of this technology. Uh, I think with the advent of the conversation around the big M word, uh, metaverse, it really sort of got people to think a little bit more about how this is now part of their uh, their business plan going forward. And I think we're seeing more companies engage. And I, I would add, in addition to those wonderful big players that you talked about, we're seeing a lot of smaller solution providers and others starting to join because of the importance of convening and bringing people together uh, through our community of uh, working groups and committees, really to, to take on and address some of the challenges and opportunities that are out there. So we're thrilled. Uh, we're inviting more people to more companies to come join us. Um, we think now is just a crucial time um, to get these conversations up and running and to be that convener for this industry. Absolutely. Yeah. Good observations, good observations. And I think that, you know, the more the merrier, as they say. Um, so, well, you know, I'm looking forward to the numbers, you know, going up and up and up because you've already got amazing companies like HTC Vive, Meta already, and uh, many, many others. So Microsoft, yeah, great job on that. Sony, all those guys. It's awesome. We're thrilled. Absolutely. Yeah. Cool, cool. Now, we'll touch in this particular subject. Um, you had the Limitless Future Conference um, last year, if I'm not mistaken, and now you have an upcoming conference. So it's the second one after the inaugural one. Yeah. Um, can you tell us a little bit about some of the successes you had from the previous one yeah. and then what you expect to accomplish with the upcoming? Uh, absolutely. So the first thing that was a success was that we did it in a virtual environment, right, during COVID. And it was our first sort of branded XRA event. And we had over 400 uh, folks register for it. So that that in and of itself shows uh, a real thirst and interest in what's going on, particularly as it relates to XR for workforce training and upskilling. And I think you've probably seen, Damon, that that's been like an incredible use case that we're witnessing across the globe because it has the potential uh, to really be a, an inclusive um, tool that gets more diversity and equity in our workforce, right? Because we can reach out to different demographics and regions and elsewhere. You know, we need some broadband to make that happen more completely. Um, right. But the the actual upskilling and tooling is important. And in fact, Christina Francis, who's the executive director of a group called Jobs for the Future, was part of my presentation at AWE because it is so powerful. They're really excited as an organization that works at, um, you know, advancing the workforce in the American education system. They see XR as a vital tool for that. So that was our goal. Uh, we had amazing companies, uh, you know, the solution provider and their end users come and share for example, Delta Airlines and how they're using this to keep their workers uh, safe uh, while they're learning what the uh, uh, process is on the runway, essentially, right? Rather than being out with the live planes, let's do this in simulation. Um, we saw a company called Agreco, which is a energy uh, storage company. They use this. Um, we saw uh, Walmart came and spoke to us. That's been sort of the poster child, I think, for workforce training. But they shared sort of how they're trying to get this out to their to their workforce broadly. Um, you mentioned a little while ago Accenture and the onboarding process that they're doing in the creation of their metaverse called Nth Floor. 
Um, you know, those are the types of stories that the Limitless Future Conference is designed to highlight. Um, and we're encouraging all these companies to come back. We're actually meeting in person this year in Atlanta, Georgia on November 1st. So we want to see all those people that joined us virtually come on down to Atlanta and uh, let's let's really get into the conversation about how this advances workforce uh, development and upskilling and really brings in opportunity populations that we should get into the workforce right now. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah that's going to be interesting. I know um, like Atlanta, Georgia is becoming one of the main hotspots for a lot of technologies along with, yeah. um, of course, like DC, New York, always San Francisco. So it's great to see those hubs, you know, rising, proliferating, yeah. you know, for the XR industry as we move into spatial communications. Yeah. So, yeah, great luck with that. And yeah, Thank you. Thank <laughs> looking forward you. to seeing that. Yeah, we're excited. We're excited. Nice, nice. Now, um, we can touch on, I guess, the last main, you know, I guess, main topic, if you want to say. Um, now, we talk a lot about ethics. This is one of the main things. This has um, already hit meta platforms quite a bit over the last few months. And um, as they build the ecosystem, there will be a lot of ethical, ethical considerations that many companies will have to consider and look at, you know, for their solutions. Now, I know that your organization has been heavily involved in this as well. And there was a recent NIST study that you, um, you know, you joined and had a similar call to action for. And um, you wanted to kind of give those ethical considerations, you know, more importance with those studies. Now, can you tell us mm -hmm. why ethical concerns are so crucial to developing a global XR ecosystem? And how do you plan to actually, you know, work with that? Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, there is a very, very passionate community that wants to get this technology off the ground. And the crux of that is making sure that people all across the globe have trust in our industry and what we're doing to build these immersive spaces. So, you know, it's vital that all of these folks that are talking about whether it's ethics or human rights or uh, in our in our world, we talk about best practices. So early on, this organization put out three chapters of our developer's guide, which are really um, very specific design principles uh, to the developer community and to platforms about how to think about building these uh, immersive spaces in a safe, respectful, and inclusive way. And so we started with physical and psychological safety, we moved on to how you think about content and conduct um, in an immersive space, sort of that online safety conversation. Uh, and then we moved on to accessibility. And we're going to continue to build on our efforts to put out these types of best practices so that we're thinking about these things in a holistic manner, that we understand the, you know, that, that we need to build that trust uh, in the technology. Uh, just the other day, uh, uh, Joan O'Hara on my team moderated a panel at George Washington University on human rights and uh, what's happening with XR. And you have people like Mel Slater or Rebecca Rouse or Britton Heller that are out there really bringing a, a light to many of these conversations. And as industry, we need to really focus on how we build that trust, how we address some of the things that are being brought up. So that's our mission, is that responsible development of XR. 
And therefore, these conversations are so vital to the success of the industry overall. Absolutely. Yeah. And um, I, I see ethic, well, ethics in general as becoming one of the major verticals for the XR industry because they have to shape the policy. They have to shape, you know, that policy will also have to go on the corporate level, on the government level, and they will all have to coincide with one another yeah. in order for the solutions to be successful. So, you know, that's going to be, again, another monumental task, but I know that um, you guys can do it. Yeah. And I know that uh, your partners across the pond will also be able to help with that as well. Excellent. So, Excellent. And that's the that. whole point, too. We want to make sure that we're bringing everybody together in these conversations. We recently launched something called our Future of XR Advisory Council, which is mm. a, a group that includes civil society and academia, think tanks and industry. We have to all come together and sort of focus on some of these conversations now uh, and try to create roadmaps and frameworks that will help us as an industry as a whole uh, to achieve the vision that we have um, for the technology. Great, great. And um, I was going to ask you, did you have anything else that you wanted to add about, you know, anything that we've discussed or, you know, something off topic? Yeah, no. Um, you know, the only thing I would add, uh, Damon, is just sort of keep an eye on the space, right? Um, we're going to be doing more of those best practices guides. Also, last year we partnered with um, the Information Technology Innovation Foundation, ITIF, on a ARVR policy event. And we're going to do that again this year. Uh, in September, September 14th is the date, and it, we're going to do that in person in Washington, D.C., so put that on your calendar, and, uh, you know, we're just going to keep chugging along, trying to build uh, partnerships. We recently did a workshop with, for example, the Joan Gans Cooney Center, which is the research arm of Sesame Street, looking at the impact of technology on young people. And we'll be sort of spinning out a few things based on that workshop and uh, our own industry focus on how we make sure that it is a safe experience for younger people to use XR. So lots going on, and I really appreciate the opportunity to share those things with you today. Absolutely. Pleasure's mine as well. Yeah. Yeah. So thanks so much for joining us today. And yeah, those were excellent insights. And I'm um, looking forward to seeing the future of XR with you guys, as well as, um, you know, how the industry is going to develop over the next few years. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much. Brilliant. So everyone, once again, this has been, we've been speaking to Liz Hyman, Chief Executive and President of the XR Association. My name is Damon Kirtan, Senior Journalist for XR Today. If you'd like to continue following the developments on our website, please join us at the XR News hashtag at our Twitter, LinkedIn, and Facebook pages. And once again, thanks so much for joining us. It's been a pleasure and signing off for today. Have a great day.